Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Patient Convert podcast. We have our guest today is Tracy Trepesky, and she's joining us to talk about a really popular topic, but one that I myself need to learn a little bit more about and one that I think a lot of the physician listeners out there are really going to relate to, and that is physician burnout. And there's a lot around this topic. So Tracy, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Thank you. First, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity. I'm, I love what I do. So I'll, I'll try to be, you know, pithy. (laughs) I'm an executive coach and business consultant. I work exclusively with physician and provider owners and sometimes their teams. And we really help our clients take back a day a week minimum of their time to apply to anything else they want to be doing. And that involves a whole spectrum of work that needs to be done in the background, including usually I'm working with our director of operations or the practice manager. And we coach, we consult, we, you know, love on them and browbeat when necessary and, and really focus on their bigger goals and help them achieve them. So where does it start for you? Are these physicians coming to you and saying, I'm absolutely exhausted? What are some of the trigger words that you hear them say? So any of our listeners out there that may be saying some of this, maybe they are really realizing that they're being burned out or they're starting to experience physician burnout and they don't even know it. Yeah, it's, you know, right now, I think it's actually a bit of an epidemic because of the pandemic. And just even if my clients aren't frontline, you know, COVID responders and all of that, they're still, everything's changing so quickly. The regulations are changing. There's just, there's so much that's happening at a really rapid clip. Of course, they're losing a lot of staff if, if they're burning out as well. The word burnout, it's interesting in my industry, we're getting tired of hearing it, but it's the word that people really understand. And, and so the clients are coming to me either by referral or they've just, just found me through other channels saying, okay, I love what I do. We're successful. They're making money. And, and it's interesting that that's the word that they tie to money, right? Oh, we're making money, so we're successful. But you know, our turnover is 20, 30% or whatever high. And I'm exhausted and I'm waking up in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., cold sweats, having dreams. One of my clients said, I have a dream almost every night during the week that my actual company is a monster and it's swallowing me whole. <laughs> that is not a good place to be no. <laughs> as a business owner. And, you know, we, we do start out with, you know, do you really want to keep this practice? Because I think that's really important. And that's the coaching side of things is getting really, really crystal clear about what's most important to them and what they really want. It's the part that really is the most important piece of the work that I do. And it's the one that most physicians especially don't really care for. So I warned them, you know, you're probably not going to like me for the first month because I'm going to make you slow way down until we get all the details that we need to move forward with the work. That makes a lot of sense. What would you say on the time side, and it could be a top three or there could be one singular thing in your experience that is the biggest time theft for physicians or again, a top three that they need to be mindful of and watch for at, that you typically find when you engage with a client that is kind of being suffocated by the, the business? I think it's probably two major things. The first one is actual busyness and how much energy that robs people of. And then the other, you're welcome in advance listeners, is the lack of desire to release control. And sometimes lack of ability because, you know, here's the truth, whatever their training is, if they're in the integrative and 
complementary, if they've gone straight through medical school. I, I'm not sure how many operations and business courses there are in medical pro- training programs. Not, right? not so, enough, that's for sure. I, I think almost none. Mm-hmm. So unless they grew up in a family business and they already know how that works or, you know, they've had some kind of an experience, that's a piece of the puzzle. Like being a business person wearing that hat can be really challenging. So that's, I think, oftentimes the the difficulty with letting go. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so when you're working with these physicians and they've contacted you and they're aware they're burned out, what are some of the first steps you take with them and their staff, or maybe it's just with them to kind of get them back on track? We always, yeah, we always start with time, how they're managing their time. And then I slash time management as a phrase completely because management implies some kind of control and you know, we really don't have control over time. We have control over how we lead ourselves through our time. So I use the phrase time leadership, which in the green room I was saying to you, I I learned as an engineering term, but it applies really nicely to the work that I do, which is oversimplified sort of high level, just prioritizing the tasks that are most important. We learn a lot about delegation, hiring, that comes way later. But the initial, where we really start is with time leadership. And I use all kinds of, you know, tools to do that. But one, can I share a tool? I think it's actually really useful. Um, Yeah, we'd love that. I call it the time leadership quadrant. And it's just, you know, here I'm drawing a rectangle with a cross through it. And if you look at that for the listeners, like go ahead and grab something and draw because this will be really helpful to have the visual. But the top left-hand quadrant is A. And those are things that need to get done today. For the physician or provider owner, that's going to have to be several different categories because how many hats are they wearing during the day? Mm -hmm. But if we're just looking at like business operations, I can simplify it that way. So it's the top three to five, maximum five things that need to be complete today. If it's something that's in progress, progress, you go over to quadrant B, which is the top right. And that's like within a week. And so you may on a daily basis move over a piece of B to A to complete it. And then the lower left-hand quadrant is C, and that's a longer term. And right now, everything's changing so quickly that I, unless it's like a huge project or a build-out or something like that that they're working on, I limit that to maybe three months. And that's like, what are these bigger projects or things that we're working on or goals that we have that we want to you know, work on? And then you might move some of those tasks up to B on your weekly thing and then daily move things over. And the lower right hand is D, which is really three Ds. And it's do it now to get it out of the way because it's driving you nuts and it's always on your mind and it's draining your energy. Delegate it or delete it. So it's really useful. You don't have to always draw that and you know look at it every day, but it's really useful to just run through in your mind. Like, okay, is this an A, B, C, or D? Like what's really important here? Is it important or is it urgent? <laughs> That's another question to ask to even simplify it more. I love that. That's, That's- Fabulous. Yeah. To really everybody kind of visualize can, that and, and kind yeah. of force someone to organize. I mean, I'm not a physician, but that would help me as well. You know? Oh, but- totally. I mean, when before I was working exclusively with physicians, I used it with all of my business leaders. Like, listen, this is the thing that will save you so much agony. Cause if you can compare, I don't compartmentalize well. So mm-hmm. if I have some kind of a visual or a system, a one, two, three on my fingers or something that helps me like put things in its in their place and then just close the lid on the things that are coming later, at least then I can shift gears and focus. I think my favorite <laughs> think- was the D. I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But is yeah. it, do it now, delegate it or delete it? Yeah. And I around like the holidays, that. ditch it and have a party. Like, just go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that would help a lot of people, even just thinking about D in general and trying to 
think as a physician, how much they have to do in a day and, and what, you know, what to delegate. So on the topic of delegation, when you're in this process with them and they're trying to reserve that time and retraining their brain on how important to have their own time is when it comes to delegation, what are some of the biggest hurdles physicians face and what is some of the greatest advice or steps that you give them to overcome it? I think some of the hurdles are if they're, you know, I don't work with startups generally, but if they're still kind of a new practice or they're in a huge growth phase and they have older systems that they're bringing into their new sort of, it either happens with number of people who work in the practice or the number of dollars they're making in revenue. But usually there's a big jump around one to three million in revenues that gets the private practice owner <laughs> sort of twisted. and they can't be in charge of everything. And I know that in medical tra training, you're taught never to let them see you sweat. If you're, if you're questioning something, you don't let your patient see that. And so it comes out in the coaching where my clients will say something like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'll go, oh, now we're making progress. <laughs> you know, this is really good to admit that because you, if you've never run a business before, how would you know what to delegate and what to send out besides maybe, you know, the typical things like billing or coding and things like that. But sometimes it's like the simple little things like trying to be the person who's managing your team. That seems like a leadership thing, but there's a difference between leadership and management. And so one of the things we work on is the mindset around delegation and thinking like a CEO rather than thinking like a manager. The manager moves a lot of parts. The CEO is more visionary and there I'm like, you know, lifting up a few levels and that's a challenge because, you know, except for maybe what's delegated to a nurse or, or a CNA or something like that, the doctor's there. That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's just the way they're wired up is to tackle and sometimes block and tackle and do all the things that need to be done. But from a business perspective, this is incredibly draining and it's part of what's, it's actually a huge contributor to burnout. Yeah. I, uh, that, and that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's a little unique in that space, at least how I would imagine it is. A lot of individuals say, like ourselves, as we started and built our business, is you're really trying to get to a goal. And and like my father does a ton on leadership. And at a point in his career in his 70s where he's retired, he spends 95% of his time doing the things that fill his cup up that he's really good at and he loves. Mm -hmm. Early on in our career, when we were starting the business out, we spent about 20% 20 <laughs> 20 of our time doing that because we were literally just trying to put fires out and create an infrastructure. Physicians are unique because they come out of fellowship and they're, it's like 90% when they're working at a hospital, but then you start your business and that can get whittled very far down. And so you're not filling your cup up, but you're also not spending enough time on what you're the most proficient at, what you've been trained on and what you make the most money on. And that's obviously the patient care side. And so what you're talking about, it sounds like is kind of working to get back to that by delegating. It's getting the right people on the right seats on the bus and get that time back that you had probably in residency, in fellowship and coming out of training so you can be fulfilled in what you're doing. So it sounds Absolutely. like too, a lot of this relies on kind of who they have in place currently. I know with marketing, we run into this too. And with physician liaison marketing, it's a referral marketing that I do. All of a sudden you kind of turn over these things and you start seeing what could be fixed and, and who's in charge of this. And so running into that as a physician, you have your main admins or who you rely on. I'm sure as a consultant, this can be something that comes up to you that maybe they're not the right fit for the position. Or I know even running our own business, 
you know, without our COO, who we adore, you know, <laughs> you need that person who's on your side, who has <laughs> your back, who's organized. So how do you train a staff member that didn't sign up for this, that wasn't the one that reached out to you, but is a huge part of this process and this transformation for the physician? I've been really fortunate to work with people who are really lovely humans and their staff love them. So it's not been that difficult to bring the practice managers or whatever their title might be, their right-hand person into the fold and even be open to coaching and being coachable. One of my clients that I'm working with right now, it's been such a beautiful transformation because their practice more than doubled during COVID while they switched everything to almost 100% remote, but they still have two physical locations. And so their practice manager is managing a team that more than doubled from the time that she arrived there to now. And 90% of them are remote, but they still have two <laughs> physical locations where people come in for testing and, you know, they have a couple of admin staff there. And for them, that has just been like, they want it so badly and they really care about what they do and they're really committed to the founder. And so, I mean, that's, I've been really fortunate that way. I haven't, haven't run into resistance. I did have another client where we started to work with their, with their practice manager. And I just had to say privately, this person's not a fit. They're not as committed as you need them to be. And they also just don't have the skill set and it could be learned, but I don't think you have the time yeah. to wait. And that's tough for any golden. Mm -hmm. And oh, and it's not we, my favorite part. <laughs> and, and what I've seen firsthand in the, the marketing side of things in terms of the practices that are are really doing it well, the, the physicians seem really fulfilled and they're on a, an incredibly strong growth trajectory is really that makeup of we hardly ever see the physicians involved in the meetings and they have a point person in-house. I and mean, obviously this varies with size, but there's always a person that they have empowered to make the decisions on their behalf when it comes to the marketing. And that is always by far the best situation in terms of everybody being able to get stuff done for the betterment of the business. And the ones that 99% of the time, in fact, it's pretty much 100% of the time having this business now for 10 years is when the physicians are heavily involved on the monthly Zoom meetings, there's just not much progress made in general. It's a waste of yeah. their time. It's a waste of our time. It's a waste of the person that's sitting on the Zoom that's empowered, but not really. And it's being able to release that and, and know that you've got somebody that can make those decisions. And then you can come in quarterly or semi-annually and obviously help with strategic decision-making. Mm -hmm. And this comes back to clarity, right? This is what we what we work on in the beginning. Time is always the first thing because it's the biggest pain point. But the next is how are you communicating with your team? And you know, in the world of I came from the corporate world, communication has this bit, I don't know. We use the word a lot and and then we don't really understand what it means. But does your team understand what your mission and your vision is and are they connected to it in some way? And have you empowered them to make decisions on your behalf? you know, and within reason, right? There's always going to be bumpers and boundaries around that, but that's a huge piece of it. If, if the owner themselves is unclear, then that's, I mean, that just makes for a really challenging pass off and delegation coming back to delegation. Like you, if your team doesn't understand what it is that you want to do, they'll get very mixed results or inaction because of a fear of whatever, getting it done, retribution, making a mistake or, you know, any, any list of things that they might be concerned about. Yeah, absolutely. 
What are some other tips or strategies that you use for your physicians to help them really integrate this new time management system? So we go through a process. It's got like three pillars. And the first pillar is discovery. And that's just, that's the slow down, take all the puzzle pieces, lay them out, move them around, see if there are any that don't belong there, and then build a new picture. That's my favorite part. It's usually they're my client's least favorite part until it's finished. <laughs> they like done. <laughs> no, like, I get that check too. That Even what I oh, do, yeah. I, my favorite <laughs> is the discovery and it is their least favorite for sure. It's slowing down. Like what? Who has time for that? We're taught to hustle and grind. So it's really, you know, that's a challenge, but it's also incredibly informative. It's enlightening and it's liberating for the physician big time because then they start to understand, oh, I don't actually need to do that. So then we analyze and we go through and analyze, like figure out if you can, how you spend <laughs> every 15 minute block of every day over the course of a couple of weeks. Just write it down, make a note, voice note, whatever, and then go back and look at it. And we don't like to put dollar signs over our patients or clients' heads, but for the purposes of this work, we have to do it. They have to put their hands all over their numbers and understand. So how much are they costing their practice? So let's say their hourly rate, just for round numbers, is $200. And they're spending 15 minutes, three, four times a day. So up to two hours or, or an hour and a half or whatever per day doing things that don't belong on their plate because they think it's faster or whatever. And they just haven't looked at it that way. But there's one is they could have seen more patients or they could have had other earning opportunities or they could have gone and worked on something like a talk or something where they're they're going and you know establishing themselves as an expert in their field. And then the final step would be to take, I call it inspired action, but what does that mean, right? It's not just what lights you up because sometimes we just got to get stuff done. <laughs> like there's, we all have have tos and there's not much we can do about that. But if we can understand the benefit of getting those things done, now that's an inspired action step. I like that. I love all the terminology. I love it. It's definitely so enlightening. And I know so many physicians out there can relate to some of these feelings of you know, just being stuck or mm. like you said, just even admitting being stuck. Or I think my favorite part though, was when you said, because they think they can do it faster or they think this is better. And, and in reality, it's actually not, it's slowing everything down and costing them time and money. Yeah. And even, even my clients who are not, you know, money driven, their community practices or whatever, I'm still like, yeah, but if you, if you are, I'm not a finance person. I stay in my lane. I bring people, I have a nice bench of people. So if they need a financial strategist, I bring that person in to do that piece. But broad strokes, if you're losing money, but you're making, you're making higher revenues than you ever have before, but you're still barely breaking even, I guarantee one piece of it is time. One piece of it is time at least. So if I can help, you know, patch those holes then we can bring the financial analyst in to look at everything and go over their books and, and you know, find where the other leaks are. But so much of it is time because time is really literally in business, time is money. Oh, absolutely. I have a good friend who's a surgeon and she loves what she does, but time is killing her. In fact, she had to go back to the practice and be like, the schedule is not working. I'm not even being able to do what I trained so hard in my fellowship and my residency for. And she's going in at what, five or 6 a.m. and coming home around 11 p.m. and then back yeah. up the next day. 1 a.m. a couple days and ago. And then on call, what, how many times a month? Probably 10. 
Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So it's really complicated and, and mm. really wears them out. And then when they have the days off or the weekends off, they want to be with their family, but then, you know, their family has it all planned out because they don't ever get time with them. So I just feel <laughs> like even their time off is in time off, you know, mm -hmm. you have a birthday party here, you have this for your son. And so I think it's stressful and it's really dangerous. It puts a lot of stress on their health and, and what they do and can live a very short life that way. It's dangerous. Oh, for sure. So yeah. anything I'd be, I'd be curious. I know, again, this is not the lane that you spend most of your time, but obviously we focus so heavily on marketing from a topical standpoint on the podcast. So I always like to try to include that as part of the conversation and some takeaways. And you have a unique vantage point because you're really coming into these practices. And I'm sure a lot of them are having that conversation of, I either want to grow, but as I grow, I get more stifled or I'm not been able to grow because I simply just don't have the time and the resources to do it. Anything that you've seen on the marketing side, whether it's bringing in outside resources, they are usually doing this, that, or another that you could lend as a piece of advice in terms of what you see as a consultant on the outside looking in. Absolutely. Number one, hire a professional for your marketing. They may not have to do all of your posts or whatever, but at the very least have a consultation and get a content calendar going and then train someone on your staff. You know, if it's not a large hospital center that has a CMO, right? Mm -hmm. You can, anybody who knows how to use a computer and a smartphone can figure out how to post to social media. So if you have some support with the actual content, then, you know, that can get out there and whoever's going to write your blogs or whatever. Like if you don't have that in-house outsource it, find a reputable agency that will learn your voice and share the topics and really get it out there. Because, you know, I, I have a marketing specialist on my bench also. So we have lots of conversations. So while this is not my lane, I understand the importance yeah. of, of having the marketing piece in place. You know, somebody can say, oh, can you recommend a dentist? And there could be a dentist less than a mile from your house. But if you've gone and tried to find them online and there's no reviews and they don't have the presence we don't feel trusted worthy or we don't feel like they are trustworthy and we're not inclined to go there. So somebody might be willing to drive because generally it's only twice a year to go to the dentist, 30 minutes because they got a recommendation from a friend who lives on the other side of town. Oh, we love our family dentist. It's great. The whole family goes, whatever. And they've got a great Instagram page with lots of beautiful images of shiny, happy people. <laughs> so the marketing piece is vital. Even if you are at max capacity currently, if you're considering increasing capacity, however that looks, or having long-term success and staying in business and in practice for the long-term, marketing is a long-term game. You've got to have those pieces in place. I couldn't agree more. And I think a lot of practices learned that when COVID first initially happened and really referral patterns, as Kelly knows really well, like just everything, all the dynamics changed. And for so long, the organizations that are like, well, we've got five physicians that have been in the area for 30 years were booked out three to six months. Like we really can't handle anything else and never bothered to look at the digital health of the yeah. business and how the practice was being presented online. When the doors closed, everything changed and they had to reevaluate everything that they really had been ignoring for a really long time. And that's a good point is even if you are at capacity or you're a neurosurgery group, that's 90% built on referrals, there is still a huge and critically important proponent to investing in what you're presenting online. At the very least a blog where people can go and see that, you know, you, you know, your stuff, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's challenging too, because this, for many of the practices that I, when I did work with sort of younger, newer practices, they didn't really have a budget 
for marketing. It's like $2,000 can go a long way. <laughs> like you can stretch, you know, borrow it. I don't care, but go take this and have this consultation and build out your content calendar and get rolling on that or invest in a digital campaign or something like that that can help, you know, $2,000 is usually, you know, more valuable than one new client or patient. So put some money into it. I don't know where 2000 came from. It could be more, but you know, it doesn't have to be a ton of money. Obviously, if you want to grow quickly, then, you know, a larger investment in marketing is going to be worth it, but it's just a vital piece of any business's growth. Absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for, for coming on, uh, for having me on your podcast actually recently, but before we wrap, I know you've even recently kind of done some rebranding and everything. Tell us about your new podcast, but more importantly, how people can connect with you. And if they are looking for the types of things that you do as a physician out there listening to the podcast, how they can get connected and get started on that. Great. Thank you. Well, we just rebranded and repositioned our podcast from a more generalist podcast to now. It's called Thriving Practice. You can find it on Apple I love Apple because that's the one place where you can really leave reviews and mm -hmm. everybody, it's yeah. easy to access, but we're on all major platforms. And I think the best way to reach out to me, if you want to learn about what I do, I always offer a nice, robust, hour-long free consultation. And it's really more like a strategy session. So you don't leave with empty hands. You really get to like learn something and, and get a taste for what I do. So you can just do that through my website, tracytrapesky.com. And if you want to go and check out, you know, more, learn a little bit more about me, the way most people do. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can have a business page on LinkedIn, but I also have a personal page on LinkedIn and our podcast also has an Instagram. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining and providing such great insight. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.